Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan Hessen, and this is TV7's Editor's Note. Joining me for this program is my dear brother in Christ and colleague, Yair Pinto. Yair, how are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Praise God. I'm doing well as well. Uh, how about we open with prayer and then we'll dive into a few topics that I'd like to discuss. It's been a tumultuous uh, several weeks, if, if you will. Of course, we have one week behind us uh, since we returned from our Christmas, New Year's break, uh, holiday season. But uh, many things are developing, mm-hmm. things that not everyone may understand or, or uh, comprehend the impact on Israel and uh, various correlations. So we'll try and clarify that. Of course, we have also uh, several messages that we would like to relate to our viewers. So... Open with prayer, and then we'll move further into Good, sure. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity to be here together amongst friends and brothers in the, in the studio and to read from your uh, word and to really help people understand the situation in Israel, the situation in the Middle East, and go deeper and know really how to pray, how to pray for the people, how to pray that your will will be done here in Israel, in the land, in the world, and especially in their hearts and in their lives. Bless this program, bless our team here. B'Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. So I think you wanted us to start with a little uh, psalm before we dive into today's uh, we should Many always happen. start and end a day with the Word of God and, and engrave it in our hearts and minds, as, as someone also indicates, and we spoke about that in the previous shows. But indeed, uh, you raised a request, uh, Psalm 24, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's a really nice song, really encouraging. So open up, uh, you'll read it in Hebrew and <clears throat> I'll follow up in English. No problem. Okay. So, it's more Kafdaled. לדוד מזמור לאדוני הארץ ומלואה תבל ויושבי בה, כי הוא על ימים יסדה ועל נערות יכוננה. מי יעלה בהר אדוני ומי יקום במקום קודשו? נקי כפיים ובר לבב, אשר לא נשא לשווא נפשי ולא נשבע למרמה. יישא ברכה מאת אדוני וצדקה מאלוהי שאו. זה דור דורשיו, מבקשי פניך יעקב סלע. שאו שערים ראשיכם, והנשאו פתחי עולם, ויבוא מלך הכבוד. מי זה מלך הכבוד? אדוני עזוז וגיבור, אדוני גיבור מלחמה. שאו שערים ראשיכם, ושאו פתחי עולם, ויבוא מלך הכבוד. מי הוא זה מלך הכבוד? אדוני צבאות, הוא מלך הכבוד. סלע. אמן ואמן. Psalm 24, a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord 
or who may stand in his holy place. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Mm-hmm. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Amen. 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 Well, Jonathan, yeah, indeed, when I read this uh, psalm this morning, it gives me the, you know, the shivers of the power of God. That he really controls everything. And uh, we have someone to look up that really owns this world and our lives. We have a, a father who is mighty to be praised. And his strength, not our own, is what gets us through mm-hmm. so many tri- trials and tribulations. And, and truly, he is a good father. And, and we should be humbled and thankful to be able to call him as such. Yeah. Before we continue further, uh, I'd like to encourage our viewers at home, uh, share this program, reach out uh, to your small groups, to your uh, congregation leaders, to your brothers and sisters in Christ, or wherever uh, you may uh, uh, find yourself, that uh, we may reach more people and do mm-hmm. so together and explain also uh, who we are, what we're doing, the situation we're in here in, uh, in Israel, but also throughout this region. And we are citizens of, uh, uh, of the kingdom of heaven, you know, and we have the, the really the, the blessing and, and true uh, privilege of being able to be called the children of God, uh, the sons and daughters of God. And this is something that uh, the word of God has, has bestowed upon us mm-hmm. uh, in grace, yeah. through faith and uh, we're thankful for that yeah and just saying about you know thankfulness I have a little testimony personal from my life and I think it's important to share it with uh, with our viewers because many many of our viewers really prayed for me during after my surgery in my leg I had a pretty complicated surgery uh, in my leg happened uh, two months ago a little more than two months and I went to the doctor for a checkup <clears throat> a month and a half after the surgery and uh, he did a few tests, told me to walk, to stand, stuff like that. And then he said, wow, it's good. It's been, uh, what, uh, two and a half months, three months after, since your surgery? And I said, no, it's been only one month and a half. And he was really shocked at, mm. uh, at the pace of my, uh, my recovery. And I really give all, all thanks to the Lord for this uh, speedy recovery. And thank you to, to our viewers for really for praying for me. And uh, God really performs miracles and he's uh, our healer amen amen absolutely well uh, today I'd, I'd like to actually discuss uh, as i mentioned this past week or weeks uh, we've seen a lot of different developments mm-hmm. um, and also specifically uh, speaking about yemen more often than, than, usual, uh, yeah. than usual. And the reason for that, and this is uh, an important point, uh, I think that 
our viewers need to understand that when we engage in, in geostrategic understanding, mm -hmm. we need to always zoom out. And to zoom out, first and foremost, um, this is something that we're going to improve in the news uh, and we're going to engage in a certain format that will upgrade the capacity of our viewers to relate to the various occurrences taking place, uh, and that is more and more maps. Mm -hmm. So people can identify where's Israel, where's the event taking place. And I'd like to ask our uh, MCR uh, if we could raise the map just behind me, and you could see Israel here quite clearly. And the whole picture of the Middle East, of course, Saudi Arabia, Jordan next door, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Yemen down there, Egypt and, and Sudan. And, and just to see the whole picture and zoom out every time, we can receive a better understanding of, okay, this is right now taking place in a specific area. What are the implications mm -hmm. of those events? Why was this now raised in the news? And why is it so significant uh, about... Uh, the, the various current events that take place. And of course, much of the news, and, and this is something that uh, I think should be highlighted, uh, it comes down to discernment. Discerning what is the most important topic that has more significant impact on the situation in Israel and the peace of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. which we so ardently pray for. So to do so, I encourage people at home, really go to uh, to your uh, various maps. If you don't have one, you can always go into Google or yeah, the, internet uh, the Internet has plenty of maps to do so. But try to understand, okay, we just spoke last week about Yemen, uh, going back to uh, the Houthis, the, the ongoing battle, the rivalry between the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Islamic Republic of Iran. And, of course, there is a rivalry of, of the Sunni Muslims, which is Saudi Arabia, the Shiite Muslims, which uh, come from Iran. Of course, you have a mixture of uh, both also in both countries, but uh, yes. those are the dominant uh, groups or forces at play. And then Yemen, if we look south, Sana'at's capital next door, we have a little bit eastward, Maghrib, where is currently the, the last pocket of the government or internationally recognized government mm -hmm. of uh, Abid Rabo Mansur Hadi, who is actually backed by the Saudis, while the Houthis, who used to be a very poor tribe mm -hmm. on the northwestern part of uh, Yemen, and have always been in rivalry with Saud family. Okay, We're talking about tribes, and this is something that I think uh, Western minds and, and sometimes even Eastern minds don't really comprehend uh, with regard to the whole construct of the tribal culture. Mm -hmm. Families which are connected to tribes, which are connected to ethnic backgrounds, to historical correlations, to uh, common understandings, and to alliances between tribal leaders. When we're talking about the Houthis, it's not just the, the Houthi tribe we're talking about, or the Houthi family. We're talking about multiple tribes that have been conquered or have been promised uh, to receive certain gains from this campaign, and therefore those various other smaller tribes or sometimes larger tribes, mm -hmm. but less alliances that grant them the power to contend with the Houthis, 
then make a pact and, and come to an understanding, very much the same like the Islamic State. Mm -hmm. When the Islamic State was spreading through Iraq and, and Syria, uh, and just to, to give an understanding of what the ideology of the Islamic State represented, Daesh, Dawlat Islam bil Iraq wa al-Disham, means the, the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, the Levant, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, going all the way down, they wanted to conquer the entire region as a foundation to then conquer the entire world. Mm -hmm. This dominance is something very much aspired to. Now, they've done so by conquering all kinds of pockets of lands where tribal leaders or the leading families of certain tribes are situated so they could make new pacts and then increase their numbers that way. New alliances based on basically the Sunni uh, religion? Uh, it's always differentiates between Sunnis and Shiites, mm -hmm. uh, even though there are unnatural alliances mm -hmm. with common enemies. Yeah. We can see the Islamic Republic of Iran making alliances with uh, the Palestinian Islamic yeah. Jihad, with Hamas, who are Sunni Muslims, offshoots of the Muslim Brotherhood. Again, the Muslim Brotherhood, an organization that is very old, tries to dominate the world, has representation in many European capitals. In, in uh, the United States Congress, we have people who have links to the Muslim yeah. Brotherhood, and it's known, it's not a secret. So we see all those pockets of tribal leaders trying to combine their forces and then push back. Sometimes uh, we hear about all kinds of deals that were made between the Assad regime and all kinds of terror groups. They weren't making those deals with the terror groups proper, whose leader was somewhere else. No, they were making it with tribes mm -hmm. who had allegiances to the terror group. And now they shift those allegiances towards the Assad regime. And if they don't, then they're sent to Idlib, where Tahrir al-Sham is currently the dominating mm -hmm. force. But truly, to understand the whole picture, to understand and comprehend the significance, we can look here specifically on <clears throat> Yemen down here, and we see how uh, Yemen is strategically placed, the Gulf of Aden just southwards, and the route through the Red Sea, through the Sinai Peninsula. If you look here, of course, you have the, the um, waterway from where the majority of all trade, if... Ah, the Suez Canal, you the mean, The Suez yes. Canal, the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aden, the majority of trade from the east to Europe is conducted here. Now think about this. The Houthis are currently mm -hmm. impacted and influenced by the Islamic Republic of Iran. What kind of leverage would Iran gain if Yemen, the southern neighbor of its mm -hmm. arch Islamic rival, Saudi Arabia, would be under its dominance? Yeah, they could easily block the, the way for Indeed. all the ships. Don't forget that uh, when we're speaking about the Six-Day War, Tiran mm -hmm. and Sanafir, which is just at the, the entrance to the, the Red sea. waterway of the Red Sea of specifically Israel, the Israel pocket, yeah. the Egyptians blocked that area for Israeli shipping, which was the trigger to the Six-Day War. So there are always things that occur in different passageways. If this is blocked, obviously the entire world, Europe, the United States, Israel, uh, will establish a coalition and Iran would be completely uh, blocked. But with that being said, it would have 
significant economic ramifications. Yeah, we can see that just because a ship was blocking the Suez Canal not long ago, you know, even deliveries from uh, from China, you know, personal deliveries took months to get to us Indeed. because n- nobody could reach. Indeed, and, and not just that. Of course, we saw shooting from Yemen to the Aramco facilities in Saudi Arabia by ballistic missiles. They're speaking about 430 ballistic missiles oh, wow. being shot just from February 2021 until uh, the end of that year. It is... Uh, an occurrence that then impacted global oil prices in the United States, in Europe, in South Africa, everywhere, you know. So suddenly you saw prices rise and, and people who are not in touch with reality on the ground in those areas don't understand, oh, wait, why did that happen? What has the government done about yeah. it? Well, probably not too much, but uh, at this stage, we always need to zoom out and try to understand, okay, what are the impacts that a certain event takes place. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, last week there's been uh, a shift, if you will, between the Houthis and uh, the government of uh, uh, the Saudi-backed uh, uh, mm-hmm. government, that, uh, that matter. They have managed to regain certain areas in Shauba, which is east of Marib, where they control the area and are mm-hmm. under siege or somewhat of a siege. And this is quite significant. First of all, Shauba, it's a, quite an interesting area. Yeah, it sounds like Sheba, Queen Sheba. Exactly. So according to historic um, studies or scholars, they believe that Shauba, which has also a beautiful old city, it is a beautiful, fertile land in a desolate uh, country, mm-hmm. uh, was the place from where Queen Sheba came from. And, uh, of course, I encourage people to read about it. It's, it's historical, um, biblical, yes. biblical uh, connections, <laughs> if you will, which is always very interesting, as we have plenty of those here also in, in Israel. Definitely. But, again, when you watch the news, when you listen to uh, Jerusalem Studio, to the, the various stories that you may hear at Watchmen Talk or Powers in Play or all those different programs, go into the maps and understand how does this impact the environment, how this impacts the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, this will grant you a better understanding and better discernment of recognizing the signs of what the Word of God speaks of in Ezekiel what uh, the Word of uh, God speaks of in general with regard to uh, the latter days, which Mm -hmm. I believe personally we're living in. So it has to ultimately grant us a a, a clearer um, toolbox, if you will. Mm. And it doesn't cost a lot of time. It's just, you know, the news is 12 minutes. It grants us a clear understanding of, of the bigger pictures. Jerusalem Studio grants us more in-depth. In so does Powers in Play and uh, the various programs. But ultimately, those are, are tools that grant us uh, a foundation. And if we don't understand where those areas are taking place, we cannot understand the ramifications yes. thereof. Mm-hmm. If we're speaking about Iran trying to uh, establish a corridor through Iraq... Through Syria, through Lebanon, we understand that it's creating a line on the northern flank of Israel that now is regarded by Israel as one front. Mm -hmm. 
So even though we do hear by various reports, including our own, uh, with regard to Israeli strikes in Syria and, and alleged Israeli strike, because, uh, you know, we can attribute it to Israel, uh, the everybody knows yeah. paradigm is, is at play here. But at the same time, Israel never recognizes that those unidentified aircraft are its own. If it does, we can immediately attribute it to Israel. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is a coordinated mechanism in place yeah, between Israel Russia. and the Russians, which ultimately uh, the Russians are the patrons of the Assad regime. And if the Assad regime says that it's Israel, they probably heard it from the Russians. <laughs> okay, so there is a circle here between the three points. Um, the Russians are quite astute when it comes to the the game that is currently being played within Syria, but also Israel is is uh, not meek when it comes to understanding the, the terms and conditions of this uh, coordinated mechanism. And therefore, the uh, deconfliction mechanism is actually also in Israeli interest to ensure that we do not once again come to a situation like was the case in Egypt when Egyptian aircraft outnumbered Israeli aircraft, but Israeli aircraft conducted quite the sorties and, and frustrated uh, the Egyptians time, uh, the Egyptians, the Russians time and again, mm-hmm. which under the Soviet Union since then, since that encounter in, in the Sinai Peninsula, the Russians have a lot of respect to the Israeli Air Force and are very cautious of not triggering a certain uh, uh, confrontation or direct confrontation with Israel. With that being said, the Russian bear is the Russian bear, and we need to understand our place within this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. We are observing clearly what what is at play, of course, when Turkey is currently engaged in a certain operation in northwestern Iraq, and the Iranians are also engaged in a specific operation by means of its uh, proxies there, mm-hmm. Shabi, an alliance of 45 various militias, smaller militias that ultimately make one big army or terror mm-hmm. army, some of which are not allied with Iran specifically. They, they do have their own alliances. Yeah. They have their own alliances. There are the Turkmen alliances there that are... Uh, connected to Turkey, uh, which are also part of Heshtashabi. You have uh, smaller groups uh, of Christian militias uh, in the areas of Ninveh, uh, which we know also from the Bible where that is. Now, ultimately, uh, those alliances may have agreements with Iran because they were under persecution of uh, the Islamic State or, or various jihadist organizations that threatened the Christian communities there, and sometimes those communities then had to side with uh, terror organizations or, or uh, various larger terror states in, in our perspective, uh, which ultimately puts them in co- a direct or indirect confrontation also with us. So uh, there, there is a lot of complexity here. And the reason for that ultimately is for a lack of political will by Western powers to engage even though Operation Inherent Resolve, which is the U.S.-led coalition against the Islamic State, was uh, proactively working to limit 
the spread or to eradicate, quote unquote, the Islamic State from being. This is an ideology. And, and those people they were fighting, those are people who are fighting by day and, and during the night they go back home and go to sleep. Yeah. So ultimately they're fighting in their, their backyard of the jihadist in order to thwart their attempts to penetrate Europe, to penetrate Western societies, also Eastern societies in Australia, in uh, uh, India, in, in Thailand. All those countries have been impacted. Also in China a bit. China, indeed. But you don't hear so much from what's going on in there. No, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this was uh, um, a large segment about <laughs> this specifically. But I, I really encourage you, once you watch the various programs, look at the maps, understand, comprehend, pray about it. We do this to equip you, to grant you the tools, to pray for the situation, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray for the salvation of Israel, and ultimately pray also for the various countries that we're praying for, because we believe that we need to uh, stand together in prayer and really impact uh, the the world for the sake of our Heavenly Father mm-hmm. and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Yair, we, we do have a program in a couple uh, of hours, actually less, about an hour and a half yes. uh, ago. It's a program that I recorded in Europe. Uh, it's at, at 9 o'clock? Yes, it's at 9, 9 p.m. Jerusalem time. Uh, you can watch it on our website, tv7israelnews.com, or on our YouTube channel, also tv7israelnews. And it's the fourth episode of Europa Stance. It's very interesting. And as you mentioned, all these things about knowing the maps and knowing the, you know, the segments, it all, all of our programs are built like layer by layer to give you guys back at home the tools to understand and to pray. So you have the micro, you have the macro, the micro, and then you can pray for these situations. Amen. Amen. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, I will... Uh, transmit myself to our studios in Helsinki, which we pre-recorded, obviously. But we we did speak there about the situation in Iran and how it impacts Europe. Mm-hmm. So Europe is a party to the negotiations taking place in Vienna. Uh, there is some progress, but it, it's being very slow. Uh, certain European diplomats are speaking about the 1st of February being the deadline for those negotiations. We'll see if they... Time will tell. But ultimately, there are many more things that are taking place that we need to take heed of. Uh, Europe has significant impact on Israel and on the peace of Jerusalem. So pray for Europe. Stand uh, for Israel. And and we encourage you to really um, just right now, after this program, pray for the situation. And uh, we continue also to pray for you every morning at our prayer meetings mm-hmm. uh, to stand together and, and do so also for uh, the sake of the ministry here and how we're developing. But uh, once again, thank you for being part of today's program. Uh, Yair, uh, next time we'll have more of a dialogue rather than a monologue. Oh, that's good. It was interesting. But uh, I'm glad to hear that. But God is good. And, and we uh, here at TV7 give him all the glory ultimately for everything that we do and all of the fruit that we produce. So thank you once again. Shalom, God bless, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.